Thanks for joining us here today on Worldview with Mike Lester. Each episode, we have a conversation with ministry leaders or other committed Christians with one simple goal in mind, to learn how to develop a biblical worldview. That way we can be faithful believers at the intersection of theology and life. I invite you to stay connected with us at jmichaellester.com. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. If you find today's episode helpful, please consider sharing it with your friends or even giving us a review. We believe it's important for everyone to know how to have a biblical worldview and to live life correctly where theology and life intersect. And so with that in mind, let's dive into today's topic. Well, welcome back, friends, to another episode here at Worldview uh, with Mike Lester. I'm honored today uh, to have uh, on the podcast today as my guest uh, a man I've known for a really long time. Uh, I really look up to this man. He's helped me as a mentor in so many different ways. And to me, it was important uh, that uh, my first guest was, uh, was a gentleman you'll get to hear from today. Uh, and I'm talking about uh, a guy that uh, has a similar last name to me. Uh, today, I have the honor of introducing and uh, having a conversation about ministry with my dad, uh, Pastor Jimmy Lester. So, Dad, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. Good to be here. So, are you out of your comfort zone? Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you taking the time to do this today. And uh, I hope that those that are listening uh, to this episode... Uh, I hope you'll find some encouragement, and I hope you'll find some challenge. At the crux of uh, this podcast is the importance of having a biblical worldview. Uh, the subtitle of the podcast is where theology and life intersect. And we won't really understand where theology and life intersects, and we won't understand a biblical worldview unless we really grab hold of the, the topic we're going to talk about today. And so today we're talking about a spiritual discipline biblical intake. Uh, now, there's a reason I want to talk to you about this, and we'll get into it in the podcast. Uh, let me ask a few questions just to sort of get us started. Uh, first of all, t- remind me how long you have been a Christian. Oh, I was saved on July 10th, 1960. 1960. And I'm 71 now. You'll have to do the rest <laughs> So you've been saved for a little while. Uh, uh, now, were you raised in a, uh, a, a, a Christian home that took you to church, or did you get saved uh, you know, outside of your family's influence? Or? That's an excellent question. Uh, mother and daddy were in and out of church, and uh, so uh, I was nine years old when I got saved on a Sunday night, and so I'm thankful that uh, the Holy Spirit was able to speak to me at an early age in life. Uh, I was a teenager before I ever understood to, to be faithful in serving the Lord. Wow. So did you come to church sometimes even without your parents? I did. Yeah. In fact, as a young boy, uh, mother and daddy allowed me to walk to church about five or six miles from where I lived. And when I would hear the church bells ringing, I would know it was time for me to start walking. Don't tell me it was uphill both ways and you did it in the <laughs> snow. I don't want to hear that. But, uh, you know, those are, those are great stories. It was, totally, it was a different world then, wasn't it? Absolutely, yeah. totally different. So uh, this is pre-bus ministry. Uh, these are kids walking to church just because they, there's something inside them that lets them know that uh, there's something at church for them. Uh, and so I appreciate that story. Okay, so let's fast forward. You got saved in 1960. 
but I don't think, you know, I've never heard you say, I got saved in 1960, and six months later I surrendered to God's mm-hmm. call in my life to be a preacher. So, so what happened from the time you got saved uh, until the time that you surrendered to preach? Uh, short version. <laughs> short, short, shortest version I can think of. Uh, it was like yo-yo Christianity in church, out of church, in church, out of church. And I grew up with the mentality that Satan would put so much on you and you get out of church, then God would beat you half to death and you get back in church. And such a wrong worldview. Uh, nobody ever taught me that, but uh, I learned that by watching people's lives, and that's not always the best way to understand what God wants in your life. So you had a faulty view of God for the first formative years of your Christian Absolutely. life. Absolutely, yeah. very faulty. Yeah. So, and then, then you ended up serving in Vietnam. Yes, sir. How long were you there? I was in Vietnam 15 months. Okay. And then you uh, came home. How old are you now when you're coming home? Uh, I'm 19 years old, in fact, uh, when I came home. And, uh, but out of church by that time? Yes, totally out of church. Yep. Uh, and my wife was very faithful to church during those times. So you were married Yes. while you were there yes. in Vietnam 15 months? Yep. Yes, mm-hmm. my first anniversary was in Vietnam. She was in Georgia and I was in Vietnam. <laughs> Memorable anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so after I came home, uh, she continuously invited me to go to church, and I continuously said, no, I don't <laughs> want to go to church. But ultimately, to uh, satisfy my wife, I went to church. And after about the second or third visit, the Holy Spirit began to deal with my heart. Uh, Being a child of God, God allowed me to understand uh, how sinful I'd been living and my need to rededicate my life to the Lord. Okay, so at this time you're 19, 20 years old, and God has gotten a hold of your heart. And now you're learning, uh, Mm -hmm. you've got some mentors? Yes, I did. Uh, My pastor was my mentor. and uh, my father-in-law was my mentor, also a Baptist preacher. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, so they really taught me not only how to grow as a Christian, uh, but also how to be a father uh, and how to be a dad. At the time, uh, you were not born and your sisters were not born, but uh, I give them great credit on teaching me how to be a father and to how to be a Christian. That also helped correct your view of God, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Thank God for it. Okay, so now let's fast forward, and let's talk about when you start sensing God saying, I don't want you to just be a dedicated Christian. I don't want you to just be a faithful Sunday morning, Sunday night Christian, but I want you to actually serve me uh, through preaching. Uh, where are we at now in life? Uh, at that point, having rededicated my life to the Lord, uh, spent some time about a year, year and a half in a church, uh, was ordained as a deacon and served the Lord uh, and uh, understood to, to be a good deacon, you had to want to encourage the pastor to be successful. It wasn't about me no more. It was about others. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and God began to grow me through b- biblical reading and good preaching um, then God sensed my heart uh, to be a preacher. I was so excited as a little country boy that God dealt with me to be a preacher. Didn't feel worthy of that. Six to seven children. Uh, you were number six. Huh, yeah, yeah, no, I didn't have six or seven. <laughs> uh, yes, I'm, I'm the six of seven children, and uh, I had a sister. I have uh, four sisters, and my oldest sister 
was my Sunday school teacher as a teenager. That's where I met my wife. Mm-hmm. She greatly influenced me on serving the Lord and committing to the Lord. And uh, so I'm so thankful for her. And uh, she helped me to rededicate my life and, and realize that God is very important in your life. So now you're, how old are you when you are now surrendering to preach? Uh, I'm late 20s, early 21. Okay, okay. And then what, uh, so you surrendered to preach, best I remember the story, you surrendered to preach, but somebody said something, mm-hmm. either uh, from the pulpit or maybe a, in council, I don't remember, you can correct me, but somebody gave you, or you heard something that made you doubt that you were called. Absolutely. Okay, so what, what, was, this, what was that scenario? Uh, my pastor had invited a pastor to preach for him, and on that Sunday morning, shortly after, I'd announced my call to preach, very shortly after. Uh, and he in the pulpit said, and I quote, I don't believe a man's worth his salt unless he first runs from God, end quote. So this is 50 years ago. I want you to catch this. This is a statement made over 50 years ago that my dad quotes verbatim because it, it, it greatly influenced his thinking and it caused him to take a turn away from the direction he felt God was leading him and I just want to underscore the importance of our words. Absolutely. So 51 years ago, uh, this, uh, this guest preacher uh, said something, probably just off the cuff, careless, and uh, gave his opinion. Notice he said, I don't think a man. And so all of a sudden, <laughs> from First Opinions, Chapter 3, yeah. uh, here comes this, this but, but it's behind the pulpit, so it's, it's vested with authority. And so here's a young preacher in training who... Here's a seasoned preacher, and, and you, you basically at that point said, uh, I mistook a calling for a blessing, right? Is that what it was? Absolutely. I stood back up in the same church and said, I have mistaken a calling for a blessing, and I want you all to pray for me. Then the next six months of my life, I was out of the will of God. Mm-hmm. And uh, the most miserable person on the face of this earth is someone that is saved out of the will of God. Yeah, so now the story gets personal. Yes. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm now part of the story, all right? So, <laughs> Very much so. So my, my mom and dad are expecting their first child, who happens to be me. Uh, and, and, and 50 years ago, uh, the, the medicine and the, the, the practice of, of, of giving birth to children uh, and the medical knowledge, uh, it was just not as advanced as it is now, Okay. <laughs> Uh, you know, we, we've had five, uh, five children in our home, and they've all been great deliveries. But for my mom, how long was she in labor? 14 hours. 14 hours. And so, you know, your firstborn is coming. So everybody's at the hospital. This is definitely pre-COVID days. You could go to the hospital <laughs> with, your, with your friends. So everybody's at the hospital in the waiting room, you know, ready to congratulate uh, my dad. And, and, but the hours roll on. Uh, and now people are starting to say, hey, just call me in the morning. They don't mm. say text me in the morning. Yeah. That doesn't exist. <laughs> they don't say email me. Just call me in the morning from your rotary phone uh, in, your, in your house, uh, that landline, the only line that you knew about. Well, after a while, roughly how far into it did the doctors come out and give you some pretty sober news? Twelve hours into it, the doctor came out and said, uh, who's Mr. Lester? Several men were in the waiting area. Uh, I walked out in the hall, and he said, we're having some problems and he said I'm afraid we may have to take the baby which was me <laughs> which was you yep yep and uh, 
at that point, the only uh, thing I'd ever heard of that time in my life, a friend that I had gone to church with, his wife and baby both died in childbirth. So now and, all of a sudden there's this... In terror. Yeah, yeah. I began to walk in the floor and weeping and crying, and to God I said, Lord, I'll do anything you want me to do. Just please let my wife live, and if it's your will, let the baby be born too. In those days, we did not know boy or girl. Right, yeah, 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 yeah. Totally different world too. Uh, so no pre-planning. No, you know, you've got no. Whatever you want to bring, we'll take. List of A names and list of B names. <laughs> so, so God uses a a trial, very much to so. get your attention, and now all of a sudden He wraps His arms around you as a loving Father and reminds you. Mm-hmm. of a, a, a commitment you had made earlier, and now you recommit to that decision. Absolutely. All right, so now we are now 50 years uh, past that decision, roughly 50 years. Uh, and so you've been preaching now the gospel for 50 years. Yes, sir. Okay, so now the generation, so, so those of you who maybe don't know me as well, uh, because maybe you, you see me as, you know, working in Bible college ministry and and so for 20, since 1995, I've been teaching in Bible college ministry, Bible college settings. Uh, and so you may just think that that's what I grew up in. But honestly, in the circles we grew up in the country churches, we were afraid of sem- seminaries. I started, <laughs> I started to say cemeteries because that was a joke. That's what it was called. Yeah, don't, don't send your young people to cemetery. And so you did not surrender to preach and go off to Bible college. I did not. So everything you have learned in those early years of preaching was by watching and reading and just being a student yourself. Yes, sir. I preached for 10 years before God allowed me to preach and pastor. Yep. Yeah, so you, you were on the backside of the desert. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All right, so now you, you're preaching, and you got into something I wanted to, uh, to just get into as well. You've been preaching for 50 years, and then after a while, you became an assistant pastor, associate pastor, mm-hmm. uh, and that was basically uh, a, a time to be mentored by a pastor to, to be able to go out and do it likewise. Right. So you had a six-month time there uh, being an, uh, an assistant associate pastor, and then you went out to pastor your first church. Uh, when was that? April 1982. So we're 40 years this month. My dad started uh, not just preaching as a layman and, and filling the pulpit and preaching on the radio or preaching at the mission, uh, but now preaching uh, every week and, and not just preaching, but pastoring. And that was different. <laughs> yeah. So so you you didn't have any any hand, I mean, like a course or training. It was like a baptism by fire to be yeah. now they're going to pastor's heart, right? <laughs> yeah, there was there was no training whatsoever uh, I mean zero <laughs> <laughs> all right so so it, looking at now 40 years past your first Sunday as a pastor and now pastoring uh, four churches five churches five now five churches and how long have you been at this church 20 years 20 uh, years next month yep you started this church uh, might as well have yeah, I, was, yeah. I had 14 when I started yep yep uh, and, and you met in a rented building, and you bought eight acres and built the building we're in now, beautiful building, uh, in a, a town that doesn't have a red light? No. Or do you have one red light? No red light. No red light, okay. So we're in, we're, in, uh, we're in the country here in Georgia. But for 20 years, he's preached behind the pulpit right behind me. Um, so how would you compare your shepherding heart now mm. and that first church that you pastored when mm. you maybe uh, had a little bit of a— uh, a, a lot more frustration with people who didn't who didn't just know your heart right immediately. 
Right. God is gracious. <laughs> uh, I, I preached for 10 years before I started pastoring, and then I realized how ignorant I was. And somewhere along that period of time is when I realized I needed more than what I got just by watching others. Yeah, some of the examples you watched weren't always the best either. Definitely not. Okay. I never said in the pulpit, you're not worth your salt unless you run from God. <laughs> okay, so now you you had a, a, a meeting. Uh, you came out to visit me when I was in Lancaster, California for a spiritual leadership conference. This was 2011, 2012? Yeah, yeah. Okay, and, and there was a message preached there that just... You made a simple decision that's had a lot of impact on your life for the last decade. What, who was preaching, what was the message about, and what decision did you make? Yeah, another one more simple sermon and simple statement from the pulpit that arrested my heart. Dr. Olette was preaching, and in that message he was teaching how to read the Bible through, how he does it. I'd never heard anything like it in my life. I'd always heard... Read chapters in the Old Testament, one chapter in the New Testament, and then I'd heard read five chapters in Psalms and one chapter in Proverbs, and I'd heard all these cliches on how to do it, and randomly I'd read through my Bible many times, but that arrested my heart when I heard Dr. Olette teach and say very simply how he did it. And, and what, what did he do that was different? He said he got a little simple what we would call a dime store Bible, probably costs $20 now. <laughs> no cross-references, no study notes, just just the Word of God. Look at the number of pages in the Bible that you have. Don't look at the concordance and any of that, just the number of the Word of God. Divide that by 365, and you know how many times you can read the Bible through in a year based on that number. So and what did you do uh, when you went out and bought this Bible? What was your goal? My goal was to read it at least twice, which was a big goal because many people, unless they've been taught the importance of the Word of God and do not get a worldview, then they randomly just read their Bible carelessly. So this brings me to, to the, what I want to talk about. This, everything else is trying to help you understand uh, who we're interviewing and, this, and the journey he's been on. But this decision that he made uh, a decade ago, 11 years ago or whatever, uh, he still has the Bible, uh, and he's been reading it every single day for the last 11 years. And every time he finishes it, he marks a little number in the back. When he gets to five, crosses it, and, you know, just it just— you know, like almost like a prisoner counting out the, the days in jail. I'm not sure. Maybe that's not the best analogy. Uh, so I think you told me uh, that we're over 60 times reading through that Bible in the last decade. Yeah. Okay. So prior to that, so you had 40 years of preaching prior to that. Yeah. How many times would you have read the Bible in those 40 years? Prior to That decision? To, yep. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe 10. Okay. So you made a decision that took you from taking 40 years to get through the Bible 10 times to taking 10 years to get through the Bible 60 times. Yeah. What I would like to hear, number one, is how has that affected your thinking, or we could say your worldview? What's changed? And it didn't happen overnight because every time you get the Word of God, as mm -hmm. it goes through, it's, yeah. it, it's, it's affecting us. So, so how would you say you've changed in the last decade as a, as a biblical thinker? And then how have you changed as a biblical preacher 
and a biblical counselor. And some of that may overlap, so feel yeah. free to, to lap it together. Uh, years ago, I was studying and reading to get another sermon. Sure, yep. Because I went from casually preaching when I could to preaching three times a week when I started pastoring, so it was reading to get a sermon. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So as I more and more read the Bible, it's more and more to learn about Jesus. Wow. And now to attempt in my feeble way to be more like Jesus, uh, to let the world see Jesus in me because many people don't read the Bible. Yeah, that's good. How has your preaching changed? Uh, it's more in-depth. Uh, it's, um, how has it changed? I don't try to preach as long because I'd, I'd rather preach a shorter sermon where people enjoy <laughs> than a long sermon that people endure. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does, yep. And uh, a sermon that they would remember. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. And um, then how is, how is reading through the Bible these last 10 years as many times as you've gone through it, how does that, how does that help you as a counselor? Well, obviously the Holy Spirit now, as I yield to try not only to read it but learn and to memorize it, uh, the Holy Spirit is able now to bring things to my remembrance that I would have forgotten about but if you read it more frequently, then obviously you, you got more of the Word of God in you. And so it's easier for me to uh, have things come to my remembrance as the Scriptures teach. He would bring to our remembrance. Mm -hmm. Sure. And so now the Holy Spirit, it's easier for Him to use me because I make myself more available to Him by spending time in the Word of God. Now, do you get tired of reading as much as you're reading? No, definitely not. Okay. Definitely not. Uh, uh, as I set out, I wanted to read it one time a year, and then I said, okay, this worked real good. Then I said, let's try for two, two times a year. Mm -hmm. And so I have read it, uh, the whole Bible through in one month based on the new way of learning how to read the Bible. Then as a general rule, I always read it three to five times a year now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's encouraging, encouraging. Now, here's what I want you to capture. Uh, my dad, uh, while I was in high school, uh, and being the sixth of seven children, uh, his parents separated. They didn't divorce, but they separated. And he was ready to sort of flex his wings a little bit. Hmm. And so he dropped out of high school mm -hmm. to join the Army. Yeah. Uh, so, so I want you to capture, here's, here's, here's a man that wasn't, he didn't go and sit in a Bible college classroom and, and get, you know, sit at the feet of scholarship and learning and then go out and, and just go start a church. Uh, this has been through the School of Hard Knocks. Now, later on, got your GED, yep. and then you, you went to Bible college. How long did it take you to get that bachelor's degree? <laughs> I remember as a kid you going after that, but it was, it was, it was a long time. I think you graduated from high school the same year I got my bachelor's yeah. degree. Was it, well, it was over a decade, right? Yeah, closer to 20 years. Okay, okay. So he just kept plugging uh, because he recognized he needed something. And so, he, you know, he took a class when he could. And uh, almost 20 years later, he graduated with his bachelor's. But then that, that developed a habit of just saying, you know, I'm in a habit now of learning and reading and, and, and gathering information. And so you kept going. Yes, sir. So now you have... Two 
terminal degrees, two doctor degrees? Yes, sir. Yeah, two doctor degrees. So my dad was Dr. Lester before I was Dr. Lester. Uh, and he's got two of them. So I still, you know, I'm still one down. Uh, but I, I say that not to brag on my dad. I say that because of God's grace. God met yes. my dad where he was at. And my dad uh, began to follow the Lord step by step. And God brought people into my dad's life to correct some of the faulty yeah, teaching sure. he had heard. Uh, and then a simple decision a decade ago has just changed his preaching ministry. So if we're going to have a place where theology and life intersect, and if we're going to have a biblical worldview, <laughs> we've got to read the Bible. And I'm not saying we have to read it 60 times every 10 years, uh, but I am saying it needs to be more than just uh, reading for a sermon, and I am saying it's more than just reading uh, to say we read it so we can cross it off the list. We right. need to meet with Jesus. Now, what would you say to maybe a younger man in ministry or maybe even a younger man maybe preparing to go into ministry if you could go back to your 18-year-old self, 19-year-old self that surrendered to preach, and you know what you know now, mm -hmm. if you could go back and have an interview with that guy back then, what would you say to him? I would say, if it's at all possible, as soon as possible, start your biblical education with more than just reading the Bible, get higher education. Uh, it's available uh, at the college that you're now with. Oh, I know a great college to recommend. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wanted to plug you once. Uh, I'm thankful for how God has developed your life and using you now. Uh, when you first went off to Bible college, I was angry at God because I wanted you to help me. <laughs> and uh, so that was, and you did for a year. Mm -hmm. after, after you graduated with your first degree. And, and so uh, then you went to, again, to a higher education, and God continues to develop you as well. Here's what I'd like to say. God's not through with you unless you want him to be through with you. That's good. Uh, you never know all that you need to know. And you don't know what you don't know. <laughs> yeah. And you don't know you don't know it because you think you know it all unless you go to school and let somebody... Uh, don't be afraid for somebody calling you a Bible-learned preacher, a book-learned preacher. That's a compliment to you to be a book-learned preacher, to have somebody who has invested their life to where they can invest their life in you. You ought to be thankful for people who do that and are willing to, to invest in you to where you can be what God saved you and called you to be. Yeah, good. I'd like to hear the... The counsel from the generation ahead of us, uh, you know, and I, I'm getting at a stage now where I'm looking at the generation behind me <laughs> as well, uh, and, you know, we, it's, it's the things we've learned, it's committing it to faithful men. I'm thankful for what you committed to me, uh, because I've had a chance to commit that to uh, many, many people multiplied over because of the, the, the opportunities God's given, uh, and so... Uh, when I stand in heaven one day and people are like, hey, we really enjoyed your class, at the front of that line is the guy who taught me. <laughs> so uh, it was important for me to have you as my first guest Thank you. Uh, because I wanted, uh, I wanted a biblical worldview to come from uh, someone I know who practices biblical intake. Uh, it's a great spiritual discipline. Uh, is there anything that you would recommend for maybe somebody who says, I'd like to maybe, uh, I'd like to try this. I'd like to just maybe, maybe I've had a goal to just say, I want to read my Bible every day. Or maybe I've had a goal to read my Bible, you know, once a year. I'd like to do something different. 
what would you say step one, maybe give me step one, two, and three, they would need to do to maybe take that up to the next level? I don't know about you, but when I read through the Bible multiple times a year, I find I'm coming back to the same passages that I have read maybe just a few months prior. It's still fresh in my mind, and it just sort of it sort of pushes it down into my thinking a little bit more, I become more familiar with the story. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't forget it as easily because I'm coming back through it. Do you find that as well? Yeah, and, and uh, you need a certain time to read, not just haphazardly. Uh, I read in the mornings. Uh, now uh, I have trouble sleeping, so I read at night. <laughs> <laughs> but you need to set time to read. I remember many years ago, and this is going back a long time ago, uh, a long, long time ago, I said, I want to read my Bible at least five minutes a day. Now, that sounds silly now. Yeah. But then it was big. It, it was. Yeah. And, and working and rearing three children, pastoring a church, it, it did get difficult from time if you don't have a certain time to read. And uh, so the Holy Spirit will make a way to where you can make that time, but you have to make that time. It's up to you to make that time, to love God enough to make that time. Make an appointment. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Good way of saying it. Yep. Uh, God loved you enough to die for you. You ought to love him enough not only to live for him, but the only way you're going to be more like Jesus is read your Bible. Yeah, that's where we learn about him. So I would say to somebody who maybe is hit and miss uh, as far as being in the Word of God, you know, it's not just it's not just you personally being in the Word of God. It's allowing the Word of God to get into you. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, those aren't mutually exclusive. Uh, but as we get into the Word of God and the Word of God gets into us, it transforms us. And that's, that's sort of the goal, right? Transformation. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, and so I would challenge you to, to set, a, set a time, get an unmarked Bible, <laughs> unmarked Bible with no references, no distractions. Uh, today you have so many Bibles to choose from. They've got pages and pages of notes for, you know, your, the, the one passage you want to preach through. But just put all that aside for a minute and just focus on the words. Uh, don't read for a sermon. Read for you. Yeah. And then for those of you who have a habit, I would challenge you to, to you know, maybe do a little more. Uh, you don't have to do it every year, but uh, sometimes we need, to, we need to shake up that routine a little bit <laughs> so that we won't get, you know, into the, the, just the routine where it's just, yep, 7 o'clock a.m., time to read my Bible. You want to keep it fresh, too. Yeah. Well, anything else you want to add? Well, I'm thankful for you allowing me us to have this time together. Uh, and again, if you're looking for a college to go to to learn more about the Lord and get more in depth to where you can be uh, more use of God. And I I frequently make reference to the Apostle Paul. Uh, 17, uh, not 17, 14 books of the New Testament out of 27 books of the New Testament, God used a learned man to do that. We like to... Uh, quote the book of Acts how they said they were ignorant and unlearned <laughs> and Peter reaching 3,000 with one sermon and Peter wrote several books of the Bible and God used him greatly but somebody who's willing to go and learn God can use even greater they give God more to work with yes. yeah they give God more to work with so my dad's alluding to Veritas Baptist College. I'll give yeah. you the shout out. I never say the yeah, word yeah, correctly. Yeah. I wanted him to say it. <laughs> VBC.edu. <laughs> and we'd love to help you. 
Well, this has been Worldview with Mike Lester, uh, where theology and life intersect. Uh, thanks for listening today. I look forward to seeing you in our next episode. I uh, hope you'll give us a rating, give us a review. And, uh, Dad, again, thanks for being a part of us. We'll see you at the next episode. Take care, guys. Thanks for being here. Bye-bye.